0: as teams across the nfl continue to work to get salary cap compliant for the middle of march there are players hitting free agency that are of potential interest to the dolphins we're exploring some of them here today on locked on dolphins
1: you are locked on dolphins your daily miami dolphins podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day all right,
0: my Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Cal Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting, coming to you from Indianapolis for the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine. But a lot of the action thus far has been on the NFL side of things and teams making cuts. We're diving into that here today, today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 It's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Tip of the cap to our everydayers here because it is your team every day and sometimes twice a day. It'll be twice a day today. It's just like it was twice a day yesterday. Mike McDaniel spoke yesterday. Chris Greer speaking today. We're going to get a chance to hear from Chris Greer um, and looking forward to hearing his insights as the Dolphins are on... The cusp of March, and hence the start of the league calendar year, and a lot of moves. There's a lot of moving and a lot of shaking going on uh, for many teams across the league at this point in time. And what I want to do, first of all, is I want to spotlight the most up-to-date, and this is courtesy of Sporting News, the most up-to-date player cuts. Players who are under contract for 2024, who are not expiring contracts, who are now on the open market, and those players can sign at any point with a team because their contracts have been terminated. The Atlanta Falcons, tight end Jonu Smith. The Chicago Bears, these are old news. Eddie Jackson, safety, and interior offensive lineman Cody Whitehair, the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, A.J. McCarron. <laughs> Detroit safety, Tracy Walker. Uh, the L.A. Rams center, Brian Allen. The Miami Dolphins quarterback, Xavier Howard. And defensive end, Emmanuel Ogba, the New England Patriots. Defensive lineman, Lawrence Guy, and safety, Adrian Phillips. The Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. Offensive tackle, Chukwuma for And center, Mason Cole. The San Francisco 49ers cornerback, Isaiah Oliver. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers edge rusher, Shaq Barrett. Not a small list of uh, players uh, pertaining to uh, eligible free agents that are now unexpectedly able to sign. Well, they, they, I'm sure those teams anticipate these cuts coming, but they weren't scheduled to be free agents. And for Miami, that is a, a nice infusion of some talent that I think really could make sense for the Miami Dolphins based on the Dolphins' needs to go shopping in a fiscally responsible kind of way, which is not necessarily the sexiest of ways to go about your business um, this time of year, but it is a necessary evil for where this team is at with the talent that has been collected elsewhere. So start with Lakin Tomlinson, Uh, his place guard, right? There's an obvious connection with San Francisco and the time that he spent with Mike McDaniel and San Francisco with the 49ers, and they really revived his career after he was kind of a first-round bust with Detroit. Signed a big-money contract with the Jets. It was $13 million per season on average. It it aged like milk. Uh, But credit to Lakin Tomlinson, he's been available the last years, which is more than they could say for Makai Becton. It's more than they can say... For Elijah Vera Tucker, their other draft pick recent investments on the offensive line have not been healthy. So for Lake and Tomlinson to be the lone performer who's who's kind of been the Man for that offensive line is, is not nothing. And Miami has certainly had their own durability issues of their own on the offensive line. But you acknowledge with the conversation of Lake and Tomlinson that the play has not been good. And it's a little bit different when you're not – playing next in the midst of one of the better offensive lines in football, which San Francisco certainly was at that time. Um, and, and cast into a ton of irregularities at both left tackle and center. So if I'm thinking about Lakin Tomlinson as potential fit for the Dolphins, I am mindful of the inconsistencies available at left tackle with Tron Armstead and his durability uh, issues since he has come to the Dolphins, and quite frankly, for his entire career. um, That is a barrier to the stability that a player like Lakin Tomlinson could potentially benefit from. He's not the most fleet of foot. I'd say he's more power than he is finesse. I think he has baseline athleticism to play in this scheme. Case in point, he played very well in this scheme in San Francisco. but Miami, uh, this, But San Francisco made the bet to say, we're not going to pay you. We, we gave you a new contract that was about $5 million per season, but you want big money? We're not going to give it to you. And he went out and he got it elsewhere, and the play has, has fallen off. So I think Lake and Tomlinson can be an attractive option for the Dolphins' offensive line if it's in the right price point for where the Dolphins are fiscally responsible and eligible to spend in the midst of their other needs. If you told me you could get Lakin Tomlinson for a third of what his f- former salary was, so four, four and a half million dollars, I think there's pretty good upside. Now that's a sizable investment. That's more than what that's twice what the Dolphins invested in Isaiah Wynn last year. But Tomlinson doesn't have the durability issues of win, and you're not projecting him to a new position. He'd be playing a position that he has film as recently as three years ago, playing at a high level in at the same spot as where he'd be playing on the Dolphins' offensive line. So that's the upsell on Lake and Tomlinson. Jets fans will sit here and chuck, oh, more trash, Jets trash, the Dolphins pick up. Okay, like whatever. In one ear, not the other, as far as Jets fans are concerned. Uh, but Lake and Tomlinson is a scheme-familiar, viable option, provided the market reflects what the play has been the last two years and not the reputation of the player. I can't necessarily see San Francisco going back to that well for big dollars when they've invested a second-round pick in Aaron Banks. They have Spencer Buford as another young player on a rookie contract that's played for them. So I think Miami has that variable removed from the competition for Lake and Tomlinson if they decide they want to add him to their ranks. I think if it's a financially reasonable offer, it's not a bad move to make. Because left guard uh, for Miami has been a bit of a black hole uh, for quite some time now. It's kind of been rotating guys in, no stability, underwhelming play. Is he an upgrade? It, 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 this is what you dial, uh, boil it down to. Is he an upgrade over Liam Eikenberg? At left guard, probably. Uh, and you can let those two guys compete it out if you want to, if it's going to help you sleep better at night, with you, Liam being presumably your... your Utility into your offensive line. Is he better than Robert Jones? Yes. Robert Jones is an expiring contract. So you're going to have a vacancy. Is he better than Lester Cotton? Absolutely. So he is definitively an upgrade over two guys in Rob Jones and Lester Cotton who combined to play about a thousand snaps for you. Is he a pillar of your offensive line? No. I also don't need him to be a pillar. I just need some reasonably stable consistent play that I know week in and week out I can rely on to give me x or y so I can coach and scheme my way around his limitations in the same way that Mike McDaniel aspires to do with all your players. We're going to talk about Janu Smith next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins so make sure that you stick with us. Get buckets with your first bet over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is sponsored by BetterHelp. It can be easy to ignore our social battery and spread ourselves way too thin, especially with social gatherings picking up after the winter. What's the right amount of socializing for you? How do you recharge? Maybe you thrive around people or maybe you need more time alone. Therapy can give you the self-awareness to build a social life that doesn't drain your battery. If you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel slash locked on. Johnny Smith was one who perked my ears up. Uh, and, and admittedly, there's a lot of, <laughs> I guess, vitriol would probably be the right word for Johnny Smith from a lot of fantasy football owners because Johnny Smith was the guy that Arthur Smith stiff-armed top five pick Kyle Pitts for, uh, for a ton of volume in this passing offense for the Falcons. He spent two years in New England after getting his start in Tennessee. Uh, he's now 29 years old, or he will be 29 this upcoming season. Uh, he's kind of the H-back type. To kind of think of if Seathen Carter, if you remember Seathen Carter, if Seathen Carter, who the Dolphins signed to play special teams for way too much money a few years back, if Seathen Carter could play on offense, that's kind of what I think of Jonu Smith. He's not necessarily an inline guy, but he's not necessarily a big-time like flex guy. He's just a move piece. He's the in-between Durham Smythe and Alec Engel. There's a little bit of both of those guys in his game. And I think that's a really interesting potential player for Miami and their fit. John Smith had a career year this year. He caught 50 balls. That was the most of his career by nine. His previous high was in 2020 before he signed the $12.5 million per year contract in New England. Whoops, Bill. Um, he caught 400 or 582 yards, which was uh, more than the previous high of 448 yards, which was also set in 2020, his last year in Tennessee. Uh, he did catch eight touchdowns last year, only caught three touchdowns this year. But if we're being totally fair to John U. Smith, uh, ain't nobody scoring touchdowns in Atlanta this past year. <laughs> so uh, John U. Smith was a uh, complimentary player. Who found a very valuable role while playing less than 60% of the snaps in Atlanta this year for Arthur Smith. That raises my eyebrows. And, and look, I there, there's an understanding if, if you want a tight end who's gonna run away from main coverage or is gonna poster guys in the red zone with his high point ability to catch the ball like Tyler Eifert used to do. That, that, he's not one of those guys. But Miami needs the ancillary pieces to have a definitive way to win. Because Durham Smythe is a pass catcher, doesn't have the movement flexibility or athleticism with the ball in his hands to be the threat that Jonu Smith is. Alec Ingold obviously doesn't have the dynamic athleticism, and, and Alec Ingold's a really good athlete for a fullback. He's a really good athlete. Period. I mean, I, I try to hurdle a guy against Tennessee like Alec Ingold did, and that guy's catching me with his helmet at the bottom of my sternum, and I'm getting planted like a tree, right? <laughs> So shame on me for comparing myself to Alec Engle, but but that's just uh, Jonu Smith. The point being, he's a more dynamic athlete than Alec Engle. So you have a more versatile piece than Jonu than Durham Smythe. You have a more uh, dynamic athlete than Alec Engle. Is he the right investment into the tight end room versus what you do and don't have with Julian Hill? I think that really depends on what your confidence level is that you're going to be able to continue to develop Julian Hill into the inline blocker that you need. If you have it, because look, Miami has been chasing a dynamic athlete at tight end for three years now. It was Tanner Connor, UDFA, then it's Julian Hill makes the roster over Tanner Connor. And now this year we're talking about tight end being a missing link for the offense. If you have a player who you can, in a perfect world, you'd have all the skill sets in one player, but those are the all-pro tight ends, and there's only a handful of them. So instead, you have to platoon skills like what you would at tight end, or at running back, as an example. Is Janu Smith, Janu Smith's viability as a fit, in my mind, in this offense, comes down to whether or not Julian Hill can be the blocker that you need him to be. And that's maybe you sign Jonu Smith and then you sign a blocking tight end and and you let the competition sort itself out. Maybe this is going to be a heavier 12 personnel team and they're going to play more tight ends and they're going to carry more than two tight ends effectively on the 53-man roster. Maybe, maybe, we don't know. But because there's a viability here, I wouldn't dismiss it as being a potential fit for the Dolphins. And this is another player who... I would expect is probably going to not command a significantly high contract. The, the contract that he signed in Atlanta was a two year, $15 million contract at seven and a half per. That's to reunite with Arthur Smith after the peak that he had with Arthur Smith in Tennessee, right? I would expect Jonu Smith's market is probably five now, $5 million, which is on the upper echelon of what I would be comfortable paying for a tight end. And if I were paying for a tight end in the 5 to $6 million range mark, Noah Fant from the Seattle Seahawks would be far and away my preferred option. He's younger. He's more of an inline body type. He's more explosive. He's got better speed. Bigger, all of those things for me. Um, Johnny Smith would be a contingency option, I think, for me at free agency tight end in the event that they wanted to spend for free agency tight end. Our last player is probably the most accomplished player um, of the group. It's Shaquille Barrett from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was cut loose. Uh, one year before the end of his free agency or uh, of his current contract, uh, the Bucks, bless them, put a lot of Shaq Barrett's uh, current contract that that they are now moving on from into future years. So this is probably a June first cut, but that is inco- inconsequential for uh, Miami. Because in the same way that we're assuming Xavier Howard is a post-June 1st cut, uh, Howard will be free to sign with teams at the start of the league year in the same way that even if Barrett is designated as a post-June 1st cut, uh, he will be able to do that as well. So let's talk more about Shaq Barrett, which we will do right on the other side. So stick with us. Passion, drive, and patience. What homes brings home the winning trophy are also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, You're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the dub. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items, only exclusions do apply. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. So the Bucks did the thing with Shaq Barrett, and they did the thing repeatedly. <laughs> he signed a four-year, sixty-eight million dollar contract in twenty twenty-one, which featured a minimum salary, and a eighteen and three-quarter million dollar signing bonus. Then in twenty twenty-two, they max restructured his deal, converted almost fifteen million dollars of salary into a signing bonus, and adding a void year to clear almost twelve million dollars in cash space. Then in September of twenty twenty-three, they converted. $13 million in salary into a signing bonus, adding an additional void year to clear an additional $10.5 million in cash space. What does that mean for the Bucks? Uh moving on from Shaq Barrett post June 1st results in a $9 million dead cap for this season and a $17.4 million dead cap for next season. The Bucks will save just over just under $5 million against the cap this season. Barrett, as a post-June 1st cut, however, as we said, is eligible to sign with any team starting in March. Barrett started his career in 2014 with the Denver Broncos. And I remember the first all-star event I ever went to was the 2014 Shrine Bowl. and Shaq Barrett was there, and you could tell this guy knew how to rush passer. And he very quickly ingratiated himself. He had five and a half sacks his first season of playing in Denver in 2015. Uh, Kind of a nice rotational guy, gets a big contract to go to Tampa in 2019 and logs 19 and a half sacks. Then he gets the big money contract, and the play's kind of tailed off a little bit. He missed half the season in 2022, uh, but has generally been available for 15, 16 games in each of the last five years other than 2022. Your expectation, however, should be tempered. He's 31 years old. He's going to be 32 this season. This is the kind of pass rusher who has uh, a lot of experience, a lot of savvy rushing the passer, but he was always undersized. And now the athleticism is starting to, father time's undefeated, right? So the athleticism component of Shaq Barrett is not what it once was. And that's part of the challenge for Shaq. He has seven and a half sacks over each of the last two seasons in his last 24 games combined. To contrast that to 18 in the two seasons before that combined, which was less than the 19 and a half that he posted in one season in 2019. So this is in the same way that Melvin Ingram, when he first came to Miami, like this is, I kind of regard him in a similar light. Is this the kind of player that you could bring in for September and get you through until Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips are back from their injuries respectively? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I don't think the market for Shaq Barrett, it's $17 million per on average for the last contract that he signed in 2021. He's not going to be in that stratosphere. He might not get half of that. So that's what makes Shaq Barrett somebody for me. That when I heard that that name hit the market, my ears perked up. I said, okay, this is an intersection of need, uh, reduced role, reduced cost, has experience, his body will be fresh to start the season. You're a little bit more worried about the long-term playing over a full season. I remember that was a thing with Melvin Ingram, right? Melvin Ingram gets here and he plays all like 800 snaps against the Bills in week three in that marathon win in Miami. But by the end of the year, guess who wasn't playing a high volume of snaps? Melvin Ingram, because he had more tread on the tires. So Shaq Barrett's absolutely a name that I am focused on. I want to do a little bit more film study on, but I'm very familiar with his game. And I think this would be a very high value to Miami signing because the role is expected to only be for a portion of the season at a high volume rate. Not every team that's going to offer Shaq Barrett a contract is going to be able to offer that. And if Shaq wants to go out and get paid the most amount of money and get one last hurrah, then okay. Okay. But he's already parlayed a one-year, $4 million contract in Tampa Bay in which he got 19 and a half sacks into a four-year, $68 million contract payday. And now he's going to be 32 this season. I think the writing's on the wall, and he probably is aware of that. Miami be a great spot for him to go hunting for another Super Bowl trophy. right? Because he was in Tampa when they won theirs. So of the three, I would say Shaq Barrett is the most attractive option. There's others that we did not get to, like Isaiah Oliver. I'm very interested in Isaiah Oliver. He had good tape two years ago. Now San Francisco, a little bit of a different story. We'll get more cuts too. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. That's going to do it for me here. Chris Greer speaks in about three and a half hours. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Make it a great rest of your day. I'm out of here for now. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins.